And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in the corner. Hoach. Hoach. From CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. That crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm I'm not disputing what you're saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What is up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns. Getting ready for the Week 15 game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Adam Hogue, sitting in and honoring Adam Johns by showing up 12 minutes late. Kevin Fishman. What's up, Kevin? Good morning, Mr. Hogue. I just wanted us to feel like John Z was here. Yeah. Just had to play that role. And, and you know what? You know what's funny? You know the reason I'm, I'm late? My children. Oh, it's perfect, then. It's yeah. even better. So... That's the uh, best way to honor him. Uh, I got a question for you, but let go hit hit the uh, you know the standard open because I got I got a, I got an opening question for you that I did not even put into our Google Doc. Oh wow! So it's a surprise yeah. question. I'm ready yeah. for it. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, follow Kevin on Twitter at k fishbane. You can follow me at Adam Hogue. Of course, read Kevin Johnsy. Dan Pompey's got his athletic piece up on uh, Roquan Smith. Read them all on the Athletic dot com slash hogan johns a good time to get subscriptions if you're not already subscribed around the holidays you can find me at all chgo.com my newsletter was up yesterday uh so you can go back and check that out we also have uh gift subscriptions and things of that nature available so check all that out too at chgo marissa's filling in for kent today producing all our merch is up on obviousshirts.com, and I, I think we're ready to jump in with the surprise question. I can't wait. All right. Well, there's a okay. – when did you start covering the Bears? 2011 or 2012? 2011. Uh, t- the 2011 season, yeah. Okay. So I started covering the Bears in 2013. Mm-hmm. You have never covered a Bears win over the Eagles in Chicago. I right. have never covered a Bears win over the Eagles, period. The Bears have a five-game losing streak to the Eagles, which includes the playoff game. It's their second longest losing streak against any team. Well, second longest in terms of years, because obviously the Packers, I think they've lost like eight in a row now. Um, The other one is the Saints. They haven't beaten the Saints in a while. Um, But I believe the Eagles and the Saints, for me, are the only two teams I've not seen the Bears beat in person since joining the beat. So you you saw them, you would have seen them beat the Eagles in 2011, but that game was in Philly. Wait, so even all the AFC teams, they've beaten? 
I believe doesn't seem right. Uh, wait, no, not the Dolphins. Right. Yeah. Dolphins. They have lost three in a row too. So that goes back to that 2010. Remember that 2010? It was a Thursday night game. I think the Bears won like 24 nothing. I want to say or something. Yeah, in Miami. Yeah. So yeah. That, so yeah. So we haven't covered a win of the Dolphins, but I think. Um. I have no memory of a 2014 game in Miami, by the way. That was here. That was the Brandon Marshall yelling the locker oh. room game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Every four years it switches. Um, oh, wait. I do remember that one now. That was a bad one. Have we covered a Bears win? No. All right. I found another one. What a great, great preparation. Great research. Yeah, I was this, gonna, but... this one. The NFC, it sounded right, but I'm like, NFC, they don't yeah. play the AFC teams enough for right. them to have beat, but beaten the, them it, all. Well, the funny thing is, remember how how the was it one year the Bears like swept the AFC North, even though they were it was 2017. Maybe? Yeah, the 2017 season. Yeah, they, they did swept, do that. They swept the AFC North. Um, take the North. They took it. Just the Mike Lennon beat the Steelers at Soldier Field. Yeah, Mitch beat the Ravens in Baltimore, um, and. The Browns on Christmas Eve. Remember the the Mitch and Shaheen game in Cincinnati? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee Titans. I'll add them to the list. I don't think we've covered a Bears win over the Titans. Uh, 2012, they beat the crap out of them. You did, yes. I yeah, was down, down, to beat down them. in uh, Nashville that... when they ran out of beer. Right, all, the, right. all the Bears fans. Okay, so in the NFC. Anyway, uh, who cares? The point is, I feel like that streak's going to continue, but uh, I've never covered a Bears win over the Eagles. For a long time, I hadn't covered a Bears win over the Lions. That's not good. That lasted like four years. That's not good. Yeah. So, you got to fix that. All the right. The point uh, is, the Eagles have the Bears number. Aren't they on a current run against the Lions? The Bears are? Yeah. Like like losing to the Lions? Mm. They beat them last year? They beat them last year. Yes, on Thanksgiving, they saved Matt Nagy's job. Oh, that's right. For five games. That's right. Okay. My memory's not working this morning. Clearly, mine isn't either. I mean, there's a lot of things that this is not worth remembering, I feel like. Yeah, like the Bears-Titans games that I just forgot about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it is Bears-Eagles this week. Um, the point I think Kevin's getting at is this usually doesn't go well. It probably won't go well. I'm not sure it's supposed to go well this time. Um, but is it the most exciting quarterback matchup we've had in this series? I mean, are you not, uh, you know, Carson Wentz versus Jay Cutler guy from 2016? Um, I would say this is better. What about Nick Foles versus Mitch Trubisky, future teammates? <laughs> a couple Nick Foles games. Because um, wasn't that 2013 game, Nick Foles and Chip Kelly's offense? Oh, yeah. That was Nick yeah. Foles versus Jay Cutler. Versus Cuddy. I, I, well. People keep reminding, or maybe you might have done this in the pod on Tuesday, that you know, if the Eagles score 50, it wouldn't be the first time literally in the last 10 years that they've done that against the Bears. No. And they could do it. But, yes, this is going to be the best uh, quarterback matchup. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, it doesn't sound like the worst news ever, but not great. Uh, Justin Fields missed practice yesterday because he was sick. 
sounded like something maybe he was coming off of with the bye week and he was back in the building they said right so just recovering from whatever he was dealing with um and then chase claypool didn't practice which i was kind of wondering about i thought you know the fact that he finished that game against the packers maybe after the bye he he'd be all right but just didn't practice at all uh with the knee right so that's not great no and he had a he had a brace on it in the locker room and it was not like a the type of brace you just throw on your knee before you go play basketball or something. Mm. Seeing, you know, so I don't, you know, not a, you know, to quote John Fox, not a doctor. So topping my by by week list of things that need to be figured figured out. Um, Chase Claypool was at the top, and now he might not even play in the first of these. Well, we we wa- we went in the locker room yesterday. And, you know, normally on Wednesdays we get Justin Fields. So that's that's going to be news whenever you talk to Justin Fields. Well, he didn't talk because he's sick. So we go to the locker room, and as you said, I think everybody agrees that Chase Claypool is right there as guys you were most looking forward to watching down the stretch. He didn't practice. Um, you know, everybody talked to Kyle Gordon and Jaquan Brisker because they're back. And then everyone kind of just looked around, and it's like, well, who else are we supposed to talk to? Who's... It's a little weird being in that locker room right now, and it's like, who of these players are going to be here next year? Yeah, I I talked to one who I think is going to be here next year. You know who I talked to yesterday? Uh, who did you you talk to? Cole Komet, because he talks have, every day. I did say hello to Cole Komet because he talks to everybody all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I talked to Josh Blackwell. Okay. Um, I think he's on the team for next year. Okay. He made the Actually, rooster. The reason I talked to him was he was on the Eagles. Oh, that's right. This summer. And I was just kind of curious from him. Um, you know, he's got a good, he had got a good look at those guys in the preseason in training camp. Um, and he did, he was talking about Jalen Hurts and kind of how impressed he was that Jalen Hurts is like this quiet leader and like just just totally intense guy. And I kind of looked in the direction of Justin Fields' locker, and before I could even start the comparison, he was like, oh, yeah, same thing. Same, like, same guy. Interesting. And so, like, you know, we'll go into those. I mean, I know we, we got a little bit of this in, in over-unders coming up, but I think that um, personality-wise, it seems like that there are some similarities in addition to, obviously, the way they play the game. I'm glad you brought up Josh Blackwell because he's actually somewhere on the list of players I'm intrigued by here in these last four games because I thought he played really well against the Packers. Yeah. But he was in the slot, and I was wondering, you know, with Kyler Gordon having an okay-ish rookie year, you know, I think everybody sees the potential, but has there hasn't really been the ball production or the splashy plays and things like that. Would they perhaps limit his role the rest of the way to get him to focus on either inside or outside and get Blackwell in there more because I thought he I thought he played well but almost in passing in Monday's press conference did you did you catch this Matt Eberflus like emphasized that they want to see Kyler Gordon in the nickel that's the word he used almost to the point that I wonder if he's going to be limited to the nickel. I mean, yeah. it was it was it was virtually 
a shutdown of uh, what I've been talking about in the bye week, which is just play him outside. So that was like right off the bat. It's like, that's not what we're doing. He's definitely going to be playing inside. The question is, do they just keep him in on nickel downs as a slot corner? That's your job. And perhaps take a look at other. I mean, Jalen Jones played pretty good outside against the Packers, too. So maybe that's something they're looking at. I, I, I think it's very intriguing how that shakes out on Sunday in this game. Yeah, well, when you talk about guys really worth watching over the last month, I think you can argue an argument. Kyle Gordon is number three behind Claypool and Justin Fields. He was your top draft pick. Um, yeah, I would be interested to see if they would do that. You know, they were so, they, they've been so emphatic about that nickel position and what it means and when this defense is humming because they like that guy. You got, we talk about Kenny Moore. That guy's close to the football. He's helping out a lot in run support. Because what was interesting is that the couple times that um, Flus and Allen Williams have been asked about Kyler Gordon, they talk about his tackling quickly as something that they're starting to see. You know, like he showed in Atlanta, right? He did those back-to-back plays, open field tackles. That was probably his best sequence of the season. Um, but like that's something that they believe he can do really well and something that they obviously believe is incredibly important to the way this defense functions, which is why they want him there. I guess my question to you would be, if that's your plan, just have him focus on that. Like you're getting, so that means it's going to be Kendall Vildor, right? Or, or have they seen enough of Vildor? I mean, I, I would, I would have Jalen Jones be the guy. I, I think I, so. I think I would too. I was impressed with Jalen Jones against Green Bay, as you mentioned. Like there were a few balls that went his way. Aaron Rodgers had a quote after that game where he kind of he kind of admitted that he felt like as long as he extended time in the pocket, he somebody would get open, and then he'd look up and guys were covered. They did uh, a good job of covering in that game. I thought they did as well. So it, it, I I don't remember who brought this up. Might have been our good friend Patrick Finley that um, there were some similarities a little bit to that Vikings game last year when the entire secondary was out and Sean decided to put in guys from the practice squad, guys we'd never heard of, and they, and they held up really well. Right. I mean, it had, it had kind of some, you know, some similarities to that. Well, and then I think that would be the cautionary tale, too, because everybody was like, well, Thomas Graham needs to play more. He played so well in that game. Why weren't they playing him earlier? And then the Bears put him right back on the bench, and then he came back a little bit later in the season still kind of played well and then i don't even know what team he's on but it's not the bears no i think he was claimed by the browns at some point i thought you know i thought when you talked about josh blackwell you were going to be all over his great special teams play this season oh yeah i have been yeah yeah yeah, yeah, right. yeah no no he's been great on special teams i just it and probably will continue to be that's why but that to your point I, I agree with you i think he's on the team for next year just based off of that but yeah um I just found it intriguing too how he played on defense in that game, and he's clearly got some pretty impressive speed and athletic ability, um, and we see that on special teams all the time. Before we get to our three big questions, kind of dive deeper into this game, I did want to bring up Dan Pompey's piece on Roquan Smith, which was really good. He went out to Baltimore and talked to to Roquan and, and kind of got the update on how things are going there, and they seem to be going great. Um, did you? Ha- I talked a lot about this yesterday on the CHGO podcast. Did you have any takeaways that, that you wanted to discuss from from uh, that pretty interesting piece on even like? I mean, honestly, the most interesting thing to me, Kev, was 
It almost sounds like if they had randomly beaten the Cowboys, I, Roquan would still be on the team. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I, I texted Dan uh, after I read it, and I said, I mean, I understand that a lot of these people in football have higher opinions of their own teams than we do, but did they really, like, they really thought it went over the Cowboys, and you start like, ooh, maybe, maybe we've got something here. Yeah, it, I mean, even if they did randomly beat the Cowboys, like, where were they? Where were they going? That's what I don't understand. So it, please go read the whole thing. But there is a little nugget in there that basically Eric DaCosta, the, the Ravens GM, called uh, polls the, right after they beat the Patriots. And that was one of Roquan's best games of the season and uh, was like, hey, intre- any interest in trading Roquan? And polls was kind of they're three and four at that point. They're coming off a great win. Uh, let's wait one more week. You know, the trade deadline's not for another week. Then they get killed by the Cowboys, and Roquan actually struggled in that game. It might have been his worst game of the season. Uh, and then now he's willing to trade him. I just, I, that was interesting to me because it's like, I don't feel like one game in a, even if they had gone four and three, to your point, like, where were they going? I, I, I can see, well, for one thing, I guess it doesn't really matter, but remember, remember when they did trade Roquan's, what was it? Did they trade Robert Quinn right after the Patriots game? Yes. I think those were back-to-back weeks. Because yeah. there was this sense of like, you guys just had this great performance and you're taking this guy out of the locker room. And there was a theory that it deflated them against the Cowboys. I think right. more, so more maybe, than likely they just got beat by a good football team. Yeah. So maybe that's on his mind. I mean, you know, not wanting to trade Roquan, like two guys after that game. And he kind of maybe always knew that he was going to move them if the, if the offer was still there after the Dallas game. I mean, the funny thing is, is like Roquan Smith admittedly did not have a great game against Dallas. No, he didn't. Like, along I with almost wonder if that hurt his value at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting little tidbit because that was a nice thing about Pompey's stories. He got kind of the Baltimore side of the what what they were thinking. I think we've all kind of got a good sense of the Bears side. You know, Roquan continued to explain why he was frustrated here. And, you know, I, I imagine Ryan Poles is a different take on some of the ways Roquan characterized things. And, and Dan got into this too. Like, I really see this as, yeah, I don't, we don't need to rehash the entire trade because you guys, obviously we did that a lot for a couple of weeks, but, you know, I really think that the Bears just looked at this as simple as here's where we see you. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm using my hands. This, is a, this isn't really good audio, but here's where we see you and here's what you want. And those don't meet. They don't line and, up. And that yep. was that was that. And you can get a second round pick. Yep. But given the timing of the deals, then the trade for Chase Claypool for a different second round pick, it they're always going to kind of be tied together. And there are a couple of interesting parallels like Roquan played 75% of the snaps or whatever it was right away that first week. He's got teammates and coaches in that story saying he picked up the playbook in like a couple days. Um, And here we are, you know, six weeks after the Claypool trade and there's still head coach the other day saying hey he's got a you know assignment alignment technique it's still to figure all that out and it's like that's tough granted i think it's a lot harder to pick up an offense and 
the wide receiver position specifically with all the details of routes and things like that than it is to pick up a defense that, yes, it was a new scheme, but it was also a lot similar, a lot more similar to what he's been playing in in the past, Roquan Smith. And so I don't think it was terribly hard to to pick up, especially with his um, pretty good instincts and ability to just go out there and play football at a pretty high level. And he's got a lot more talent around him there in and a better D line in front of them and linebackers next to them that help. And I'm sure that that's all help. One of my takeaways, Kev, I'm just disappointed that we never got to see Roquan and Jack Sanborn play together. Yeah. I, and I don't know that that changes the outcome, but I do wonder because Roquan, I think was already struggling, not necessarily struggling to play a new position, but, play a new position while also not having a lot of help around him, not having defensive linemen in front of him that were really helping him. I I think Sanborn with what we've seen next to Roquan would have been a better situation than Nicholas Morrow and Roquan Smith. There's too much too many inconsistencies there. Well and I, I think Nicholas Morrow has proven to be better on the weak side too than he was in the middle. Maybe I don't know how much that is that Morrow's better there or it's the Sanborn effect for him too. That, it might be, you know, yeah. so it's just that they, they had, they had, it might've been that they had two weak side linebackers and they didn't realize they had this, this Mike linebacker um, sitting there. Uh, if you told Ryan Pace on September 1st, 2018, mm-hmm. that if you said, Hey, four years from now, Roquan Smith is going to pick off Mitch Trubisky in an AFC North rivalry game <laughs> i'm guessing ryan pace would say well i'm probably not working for the bears if that's the case. <laughs> i shouldn't laugh but that's probably actually what he would say yeah yeah i'm probably working somewhere else then i mean it's like it's amazing because when they drafted roquan smith they said like roquan is going to be to the defense what mitch is to the offense he's going to be this leader on and off the field and, you know, a great player. I think Roquan Smith lived up to that better than Mitch Trubisky did. Uh, the on-the-field part. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was, a, that was a little bit of a uh, X-Bears different uh, universe kind of thing. No, don't care. I care. I, that was an interesting way to think about that, man. Everybody's in every, different places because of all that. Right. It is surprising though that Roquan Smith's not a bear. That's still that's still yeah. surprising. It's still something. Another hole that they've opened up that they got to fill this offseason. So we'll we'll see if they can do that. Maybe with another Jack Sanborn or something. Because Jack Sanborn is also kind of like the at the paint. There's so many different ways you can look at this, but one of the ways to look at it is well. The fact you can find Jack Sanborn undrafted free agent is maybe another reason why you can afford to let Roquan Smith go. Like, yeah, well, but does different does position? The, but right, does the, I was going to say, does the will linebacker need to be more of a dynamic guy? I mean, like, yes well, and no. I mean, but Lance Briggs was a third round pick. You know, yeah, it. it there, there's guys you can find. Uh, look at the Eagles. T.J. Edwards is a undrafted guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get it. I, I think in the context of how things have played out, 
for Roquan in Baltimore versus Chase Claypool in Chicago so far. It's you know, it it, it just hurts that it's the second round pick. I think that I think yeah. it almost everything's almost fine if it's the Ravens' second round pick that you were able to trade. But right. the Packers were in on it too, and they were offering. It sounded like they were offering their second, and you had to go higher. Doesn't necessarily mean that it was the right move, but you know you can understand the logic at the same time. Yeah, it's. I I think you've written you've written this too. It, it, another one of those. If you told me, if you told me there's a better chance that Dave Montgomery's here in 2023 than Roquan Smith. Yeah, and I still think that's possible. I think so too. I'll I'll, I'll give a shout. I'm I'm, I'm guessing Dave Montgomery's uh, reps listen to this podcast. Okay. Do one of those NBA year to year things. Just get take a one year like ten million dollar fully guaranteed contract to stay in Chicago. Sure. That's what I would recommend to running backs who are at Montgomery's caliber. I could see easy for me to say because like I'm sure like the Dalvin Cooks and Ezekiel Elliott's of the world have been able to get a lot more guaranteed money in their long term deals, but Dan Montgomery's not I don't think he's getting that. So No, but I could see something like two or three years. Yeah. But definitely go for that short term deal, get as much up front as you can. And yeah. That's why I, I was um I did a story about the 10 bears with the most to gain down the stretch. And I did not include him because I don't what, like what could he do more that like would show the bears what his value is. I don't think, like, I, I think, it, I think it's all, oh, it's going to come down simply to Ryan Poles' philosophy about the position and what in the financials. I don't think there's anything more Montgomery needs to show. Like he, I mean, we all know what he's capable of and what he can mean to the team. But sometimes I think that what's gets lost in the conversation is yes, you you don't you don't pay running backs an insane amount of money. But we're not talking about an insane amount of money for right. David Montgomery. I don't think anybody is. I don't I don't, I don't I don't think that's the market, especially when you consider that he's probably behind four or five other running backs who are also this is a this is a big running back free agent class this year. Mm-hmm. And he's got to stand in line and wait for that. So I, I don't. This just different situations. Like in some ways, you could kind of see where the friction was going to come with Roquan Smith. I pointed this out a couple times that I, I wonder if the team and Jalen Johnson are going to have different views of, of value because, similarly, Jalen Johnson doesn't make as many plays on the ball as the Bears seemingly want in this defense. So you know, I sometimes you could see this coming. In Montgomery's case. Other than this idea that you just don't pay running backs and you move on to the next one, which I think is a little short-sighted because I think the price point matters, this one actually looks to me like it makes sense for both sides to come together and keep them here. And I I, I brought this up with Bears teams in the past. There's not a contract they could give Dave Montgomery that would prohibit them from doing whatever they want to do in free agency. They have that much cap space. Yeah. Like if they want to give Dave Montgomery a three-year deal you know three-year 24 million dollar deal with 18 million up front or something like that's not going to keep them if they want to go after orlando brown no not at all whoever they want free agency they 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 have more than enough cap and that is exactly why i kind of thought they were going to be able to get the roquan smith deal done because they weren't it wasn't gonna like they have so much cap space like it was kind of to me it was like a why not but this was this was before i learned about you know, what was going on in, in, in that back and forth. Point is, uh, those are some numbers. Yeah, numbers to think about, I guess. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's get into our three big questions for this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Question number one, is this the start of a great rivalry between Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields? I hope so. It'd be fun to have a little NFC quarterback rivalry. Um, it's you, know, you also you got the Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Yeah. Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia. They went to a lot of schools. Look, the Eagles and Bears, the reason why I brought this up as a question is because the Eagles and Bears tend to, as much as the Eagles, if you pointed off at the top of the show, have gotten the best of the Bears, they they tend to play in intriguing games. And I don't know, they're similar sports cities with, you know, similar fans that care a lot and, you know, aren't afraid to, get critical and loud when they need to be. Um, and these, obviously these quarterbacks have a lot of similarities too. So it, the, I, I feel like there's a tie here. That's, that's going to be there. And now it doesn't mean they're going to play every year. And like right now, I don't think they're going to play each other next year. That's not going to line up no. the right way. Um, but, they do play enough over the years, Bears and Eagles, that I feel like this could be like a sort of a mini NFC rivalry. But the thing that would ultimately get that done is if the Bears become a playoff team sooner rather than later, and then some of these games get played in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, look, the Bears have played, like, what, five playoff games at Soldier Field this millennium, and two of them have been against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go back to the Fog Bowl, right? You know, like yeah. so, like there is there is this you know history with that team um, that yeah that that would be a cool rivalry and like you and I I mean every time you look up Justin Fields' stats as a runner, who's the other guy that's right there? It's not so much it's not always Lamar Jackson this year because he's been hurt. It's been Jalen Hurts, right? Because of the design runs, the scrambles, um, and, and and the production. I mean, it's been it's been him. So it's it's an easy comparison to make. And and yeah, if the Bears can take off and Fields can take continue to take off. And yeah, this would be a fun matchup whenever they get to play each other. All right, next question. You came up with this one. I like it a lot. Would you rather have Devonta Smith and AJ Brown or Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, and Jordan Mailata? And you could I, you could probably throw in Dallas Goddard if you wanted a third for the yeah, first part. Yeah, but yeah, um, I. Well, it's great that the Eagles can say all of the above. Good for them. Um, 
I would go. I would go with the offensive lineman. Yeah, I think you want to build there. Um, man, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown though they make you they make you think like what can Justin Fields look like in the passing game next year if you can add a couple dudes. Well, it's like, like if you have an average offensive line, but you have guys a guy like Devonta Smith who can get open the way he can, and a guy like AJ Brown who's always open the way he plays then you don't need to have all that time to look for your guys mm-hmm. if you have a great offensive line and you have guys that maybe need a little bit more time to get open then you have the time to get them the ball um this is me not answering the question I, man can i say I think, something real quick though yeah i this might sound controversial because Devonta Smith, you know, his big first round pick. He's had sixty six catches, seven hundred and seventy five yards, five touchdowns. Like to me, Darnell Mooney can be Devonta Smith if yeah. there's also an AJ Brown in the equation. Does that make and, sense? Yeah, and if and, and if you're not the thirty second ranked passing offense in football, like if you're throwing the ball. Well, right, but like Darnell, Darnell Mooney last year what was it again? He had, I mean. He went over a thousand last year, great. Terrible. Um, yeah, I'm trying to bring up his last year. He had 81 catches, over a thousand yards, four touchdowns. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, Smith's probably going to top that, I think, by the time the season's over. But then again, to your point, he's playing one of the best offenses in the league. And Mooney did that. You know, in a terrible offense. Terrible offense. So yeah. I, I, I still think when you look back to how his career started, this year was obviously um, a weird year. He still had 40, ended up having 40 catches, 493 yards. I, I, I think if you can add an A.J. Brown type, which is not the easiest thing in the world, again, good for the Eagles for doing that. I think it got the Titans general manager fired. Um, like there's a world in which the Devonta Smith of this question already exists on the Bears. Yeah, we haven't really covered either either of these things, have we? Like an offensive line, I, I guess Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey would probably be the one. Like we've have had that kind of duo. Um, but I always think back to okay, twenty thirteen and twenty eighteen were the best offenses I've covered here. Twenty thirteen, every offensive lineman played every single snap until Jordan Mills got hurt in the finale. Yeah, and. And, you know, Kyle Long was a pro bowler that year. Jermont Bushrod played really well. You go 2018, Cody Whitehair and Charles Leno went to the Pro Bowl's alternates. Um, I think it was Bobby, Bobby Massey was his best year. Yep. Earned maybe a little bit of unnecessary contract extension. Yeah, but work. we learned in 18 but, that that offensive line and defensive line, they weren't physical enough. No, no. And there were there were obviously flaws with those groups. that, And I think with, with 18... I think Matt Nagy's kind of trickeration that took the lead by surprise kind of helped the offensive line out. But the reason I'm bringing it up is, you know, you get an offensive line that could play, they could stay healthy and play together all year. You don't necessarily need those stars, but man, this is a franchise that's just never, I shouldn't say never, that has not had that in so long. So I, I would probably lead towards the offensive line. Everybody, everything starts up there. All right. Question three, what adjustments to the offense will we see? post bye week I just want to see I think that they look they keep talking about that Packers game and it was the best they'd seen the the, the way that Justin Fields threw the football 
And I think you go get more of that and build off that. Like I, I, I say you, you have a little bit more passes dialed up um, and you look at what worked against Green Bay and you, and you keep at it because there's something there. And, and then the other part of that is, which we didn't necessarily see against Green Bay and you're just waiting for it and we might not see it this week is do you force four balls to chase, Clay, chase Claypool? If he's your right now, your your number one guy, and you just need I mean, to get him going. Yes, but I don't, uh, is he going to play? That's the problem. Yeah. So I, I I don't know what the exact adjustment is, but I, I think they're going to build. I feel like you could build something out of that Green Bay performance. Otherwise, you're taking shots to Equinemius St. Brown again. Good job by Equinemius St. John. He's going to get the block. St. John. Maybe St. John. Um. Yeah. I, uh, man, adjustments to the offense. I don't. I think it's probably going to be very similar to what we saw against Packers. To be honest with you, I mean, I still don't. I we haven't. We can't just completely forget about the shoulder, too. That I'm sure is not 100% for Fields for him to go back to running like crazy again. So, and if he's down Claypool, he's down Mooney. I guess it's a good opportunity for Nikhil Harry to do more than just go downfield and catch one jump ball. Hey. uh can they use their third round pick on offense? Maybe. Valus oh, Jones Jr. I keep forgetting about him. I seriously I, keep forgetting about him because he's just like you get him for two plays a game. It seems like. So I mentioned him in that story um, about you know ten players with the most a game, and I said in there, I said you don't use a third round pick on somebody who's only a returner. Yeah, Mister Special Teams Coordinator, you would agree with that. Say that again. I took my thing out like for you, a second. You don't t- use a third-round pick on somebody who's just a returner. Correct, unless he becomes Devin Hester. Right. Well, <laughs> I got multiple comments that said, hey, the Bears did that in the second round, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, but that that actually wasn't how that played out. I mean, like, well, yeah, they, 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 they there's a reason why they were still forcing him to be a wide receiver after he'd already become one of the greatest returners of all time at that point. And they were still like, res- yeah. yeah. All, all due respect to Valus Jones, Devin Hester had five return touchdowns as a rookie. Yeah. Valus Jones has two muffed f- punts, and he lost his job back there. So I'm just not ready to put him in that category. So I'd like to see. I think he's done a nice job on kickoff returns the past few games. We're yep. starting to see something there. Um, I'd like to see him back on punt returns before a season ends, too. Just to, is you know, can is something, did he fix something? Uh, oh, he has but, to- Fix how to catch the ball. Right. I just like, I say, you got to get him going on offense. You got to see what you can, because there have been times they give him the ball on offense and he gets 12 yards. Mm-hmm. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's get into over-unders. I solicited these on Twitter this week for Johnsy because he wasn't here. Um, Again, Johns is supposed to be back Sunday's game against the Eagles. All right, starting here with uh, at Devon Kidwell, 11 over under three and a half references to the upcoming Cowboys-Eagles game. Well, if it's a two, three score game at halftime, I think uh, I think that's going to go up. I think that's going to hit. Because that's over. next week, right? And it's on Fox. So. Oh, yeah. Right? So you get the, they could already be plugging it. Yeah. I, I'd probably I, I, I think if it was a blowout that I think that, that goes over. Yeah, Christmas Eve, four twenty five. That Ooh, or if it's not a blowout and the Bears are doing well, do we talk about it a lot, hear about it because the Eagles are looking ahead to the Cowboys? Maybe. I'll tell you what though, if I don't know if the ratings are the same on Christmas Eve as they are on Thanksgiving, because you're kind of like obligated to have football on on Thanksgiving. I'm just saying that didn't the Cowboys Giants game on Thanksgiving like have set the all time record or something for ratings? I mean, Cowboys Eagles could be like game of the year. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going over. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. All right. Uh, at Oja Crispy, over under Fields versus Hertz comparison, he puts it at three. Yeah, I think I think we're going over there, right? Yeah. Well, here's a problem. Like, who else in the Bears is a like national broadcast team talking about during the broadcast besides right. Justin Fields? Right. And I could see them putting up graphics like each quarter, like comparing the rushing yards so far. There's just their stat. I mean, there's there's so many ways that can go. And yeah, I'll take the over. All right, our guy uh, Jonathan Hand. He's got a couple here. Over. Well, I think he's just saying he's going over eight Sanborn tackles under thirty points, though. For the Eagles. Uh, Eagles, strange feeling the Bears defense shows up again for this game. Eagles likely win, but Bears keep it close. Bears defense gets a turnover also. Well, that's oh. a bold prediction. Bold predictions. Um, I, I'm definitely on the over Sanborn tackles. Yeah, I am too. I'm, I'm assuming he meant just under 30 points for the Eagles, not 30 points overall. <laughs> yeah, this isn't Kentucky-Iowa bowl game. I'm sorry. I got to go over points for the Eagles. Yeah. I'd, I'd, go, I'd go over maybe the next multiple of 10, too. I mean, look, the last three weeks, 40 against the Packers, 35 against the Titans, 48 against the Giants. Whew. They're doing just fine there. Yeah. I don't think the... So... 
All right. At Wolf West Star, in absence of Johns, I think you have to ask about Cole Komet touchdowns over under a half. So does he's Cole Komet get a he's touchdown? He's in like a touchdown drought, right? Yeah. he. I don't like think two, he has like one in the games. last couple games. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll go... I'll go over. I think um, you know Eberflus kind of talked on Monday about you know wanting to get Cole Komet more involved. That was something they made an emphasis of earlier in the season when things after started the bye week after, after the, the mini bye. bye. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I I could see because I I think the Bears could put up some points. So uh, certainly early in the game, I wonder if they just have something the Eagles might not be ready for. Three. Um... Three straight games without a touchdown for Cole Komet. He had five in a three-game stretch that went from Dallas, Miami, Detroit. He had five touchdowns in those three games, none since. However, he did have seven, uh, excuse me, six catches on seven targets for 72 yards yeah. uh, in the last game. And that six, the six catches were actually the most he's had in a game uh, in, all season. So he had a decent game against Green Bay, just didn't have the touchdown. So I'll, I'll take the over on that one too. Yep. Uh, at at Wakambucha. All right, over under a half of a hit on Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so the do the Bears get a QB hit on Jalen Hurts? And this has got to be like you hit him while he's passing. It can't be like a like you hit him because he's take off as a runner. Yeah, I think it's a registered QB hit in the stat book. I will go over. They will get at least one quarterback hit. I don't, really? I, I, can't, I can't see them going another game without aiding the quarterback. Because <sighs> remember, they did not get one on Aaron Rodgers. They actually hit him once, but it was viol- It came off because of a penalty. Yeah. I'm going to go under. <laughs> so down on this D-line. It's Can you imagine? Oh, man. All right, and then uh, at AirJer54, Jeremy Kramer, over under diaper changes of baby Johns prior to Adam having to leave for work. He sets it at three. All right, so where where are we setting the clock here? Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I think if we set it at midnight. Yeah, we'll hit the over. Maybe you hit the over. He did text me yesterday that sleep's been a challenge. So, assuming they're getting up, does he still have to get up once, even having to get up before the game, or does he negotiate that in advance where he gets to sleep Saturday night before having to cover the game? I don't know. Listen, uh, Adam's been rolling into the press box at like 11 o'clock. So if he's on that, that not surprise me. If he's on that schedule, he's got plenty of time to change mm. more than three diapers. There's a little, little inside info. That's a good, yeah. That's a good. I uh, see. I didn't know that. So although, I think I think I might if, take the over. Although if Johns was smart, and uh, all due respect to uh, Johns's wife who might be listening, he would say, "Listen, I I got to get this is it's game day. I've got to be there early." You know, I, I wasn't at Hallis this week. I got to catch up on a bunch of stuff. I'm working. It's a work day. I got to get there at 9 a.m. You know, does that he, also sounds like something. John does he play? Too. Does he play that yeah. card? And he, and then maybe that you know fewer diaper changes. Does he say I, I got to get a good night's sleep. 
What a waste of time training camp was, guys. <laughs> Alright, I'm going over just for fun. Alright. Alright, here we go. Gold predictions. Well, in honor of John's, I was gonna do the Colcom at touchdown as a bold mm. prediction. Now he's been banned from doing that. It's never worked, but Cole is on a three touchdown drought here. Three game touchdown drought. So I think we gotta do it. And I'm not banned from doing it, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. All right. Um, my bull prediction is it was something about the Bears, how many points they scored. I'm going to pull up a number here because the Eagles have a really good defense. They've, they've been giving up some points, though, here and yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, they give 33 to the Packers, 32 to the Commanders. Yeah, I'll say I'll say the Bears. I'll say bold prediction. Here we go. Justin Fields throws for two hundred fifty yards. Ah, wow! No, he throws for two seventy five. Wow, he ups it even more. That is bold. Yeah, because I think he he hit two fifty four against Green Bay, which was a season high. Okay, I'll say two seventy five. Point is uh those are some numbers. All right. Well, as for the game itself, Fox noon, Eagles at Bears. The Bears are nine-point home underdog. Ooh, I have a fun fact. Ooh. Well, let me pull it up here. There's my doc. Here we go. The Chicago Bears have not been at least a nine-point underdog at home since... 2014 against oh, late in the year the lions the jimmy clausen game oh i would not have guessed that it's the last time they were at least a nine point underdog at home so that means the entire john fox era they were never even a nine point underdog at home so this is a bold thought but if you're nine if you made a quarterback change and then the line adjusted to you being a nine-point underdog at home to the Detroit Lions. I see where you're going with this. Isn't that a warning sign that maybe your quarterback move is not the right move? But but the Bears covered that game, so maybe Mark Trestman proved something. Um, they were 10-point underdogs in that game. You actually, before that, you have to go back to 1998. The last wow. time they were at least a nine-point underdog at home. Stats courtesy of uh, Stathead. So a historical line there. And they did cover the one against the Lions? Yes. I think they lost 26-20 maybe. All right. Um, I am going to take the Eagles to win this game 31-24. Okay. Which would actually be a cover for the Chicago Bears. Uh couple reasons, I think, because I could also see this playing out just like that Cowboys game did, um, which I think I also predicted the Bears to cover. But this is the game coming out of a bye. Very small sample size, but based on what they did earlier this year with that mini bye, you think there's going to be a couple wrinkles up their sleeve. Um, maybe a little bit healthier on defense. Well, they are healthier on defense because they got Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker coming back. I think that gives you a little bit of a boost. And it is at home. 
this is a high line. I think Eagles are in control of this game for the most part. It's not necessarily like some of these other games we've seen where the Bears actually go into the fourth quarter with a lead or something and then blow it. But I do think the Bears are able to, to stick around with Justin Fields making some plays. And, and I do think he continues to make strides in the passing game where the Bears actually are able to put some points up. I mean, 24 points against the Eagles would be an accomplishment. Eagles 43, Bears 25. Wow. Well, that would be the scenario in which they don't cover. They just can't get stops, which is Uh, entirely possible. I should note to our listeners, who I imagine many of whom are loyal Friday morning mailbag readers at The Athletic, where we put up our picks, they will tell you that I am 2-8-3, picking the Bears against the spread. So congratulations, Matt Eberflus, on your upcoming cover against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm, I don't think I'm that bad, but I'm close. Yeah, been I've bad. been bad. But, okay. Am I allowed to explain why that's so remarkable? <laughs> sure. I, 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 I'm, I'm aware how remarkable it is. You know, it's sad. I can't like sit there and be like, well, like last year, I like a, I, I think I was like 11 and six or something, which is an incredible record against the spread. But but, it doesn't matter. See, our listeners probably don't know that we're in a massive like pickup pool. Yeah, it's not not gambling. Just just for fun. Just it's so just for fun. Any it's, bosses are listening. Just it's actually a lot of. Out. Yeah, but it's just a pay like you know, people pick games. It's what they yeah, do. It's, it's an okay. office pool. Yeah, and, and it's a big one. And. I don't want to even jinx it with how well you're doing, but you're doing pretty well. I've had a good year. You've had a good year, which is why it's remarkable that you can't get the Bears games right. Yep. Yep. I'm also trying to find it's like, oh, here we go. You might be surprised. Johns is 40, 24 and two against the spread this this year. And you know who doesn't care about his against the spread record? Johns. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we were doing picks, when we do picks for the athletic, and like I, I put the records up, like he and I, like if I'm in the lead against the spread, but not straight up, he'll like he's like he goes nobody cares like all that matters is straight up. I'm like no, all yeah. that matters is against the spread. Well, and which maybe I should go back on because my record is so bad. I mean, I'm 37, 32, and three, and I'm happy about that. That's it's a good. 53%. John's I, is 61%. That's, yeah. Yeah. Thanks thanks to Nick Villarreal, who's been keeping track of these all year for us because we care so little that we don't even go back and check them. So I appreciate that he's been doing that. All right, let's get through our five other games that we pick. And again, you might want to pay attention to what Kevin tells you here. Uh, Saturday, noon. Colts at Vikings. The Vikings are a four-point favorite. You can find this game on the NFL. All the Saturday games this week are on the NFL Network. It's a triple header as they've been cramming down your throat. Um, Normally, I'd like a team coming off a bye in this situation, but I don't really have a whole lot of faith in what Jeff Saturday is going to get accomplished after a bye, so I'll I'll take the Vikings. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you there. I think you got to go. Can I tell a really quick story? Sure. Um, the 2010 NFL season, I was working for pro football weekly and we had a handicapping page in the back of the magazine where we make our picks every week. This is my first year covering the NFL. And, um, I did really well. I want to say I was like a, like, we picked every game. I want to say I was like at a 
at least 55%, maybe 60% clip. And my grandparents uh, lived in Vegas at the time. They didn't like really gamble outside like the penny slots, but they would bring their magazines to synagogue to show off to their friends. Look at our grandson. He's writing in his NFL magazine. Well, they'd call me like midway through the season. Like they now want to see your picks. Like every week they're making us bring the magazine. <laughs> so their friend, you know, these friends in Vegas can see the picks. I'm like, stop doing that. I don't, I do not need the pressure of, of your, 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 your friends at the synagogue, uh, you know, placing actual money on the picks that, and anybody who worked at the old profile week, would tell you, we would make those picks at like two in the morning on a Sunday night after like for the upcoming week oh we've worked like all day and then it's like we're tired and we just like put the magazine together that goes out the next day and then it's like oh you got to make your picks for next week that's crazy yeah right, that, was my, that was my quick story dolphins bills all right yeah next game we are strong where we're strong right now and we need to improve where we need to improve saturday 7 15 it's a good game saturday night dolphins at bills Bills are seven and a half point favorite, which seems crazy. Is it? Are we still looking at a possible snow game? It's possible, and I saw that Tua said he's not afraid of the snow because it snows in Alabama. Um, it does. See, Mike McDaniel cranked up the air conditioning the other day. I did see something like that. Yeah, it's not. Aren't, quite isn't enough. Vegas and everybody else waiting for the Bills to just have that Bills game where they win by three touchdowns? probably and they, but they're not doing it it's just like so the question is is, is it never going to happen or is it well, finally going to happen i will say i think there's something that seems off with josh allen yeah he's still playing well enough to win i'm i know nobody cares about my fantasy team but i'm in a two qb league where i've somehow ended up with josh allen trevor lawrence and justin fields oh. and i feel like we're going to get to the point where our playoffs start next week because we only have four teams to make playoffs, but I, I've already been looking at this. And I'm like, am I going to have to sit Josh Allen? Is this what's going to happen? Because yeah. it, it it seems when you look at the other two quarter, Trevor Lawrence is like, you can't sit him right now. Yeah. So I think I'm going to sit Fields this week because of the still a little bit of concern about the shoulder, and I don't need this game this week. So. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I'm going to take. All right. I took the when they played earlier this year, I took the Dolphins because of they, the sun factor. The and they heat, won the sun factor and they won. Seven and a half is a lot. Don't, but I think it, I'm going to take the bills. Don't you think Miami's like your total backdoor cover team? Yeah, maybe. just the way they're built. But they they. There's like so much recency bias in my head. I watched like that entire Chargers Dolphins game. And you watch that and I, I understand there was a lot of factors in play, but you watch it and you're like they're gonna go into Buffalo and I don't I it's hard to you gotta take recency bias out of it because you gotta imagine Mike McDaniel's gonna have an adjustment after back to back losses. It does look like there'll be some snow one to three inches during the day on Saturday, going to the evening time. Um it's gonna let let up a little bit about an inch of snow expected in the evening. So I don't... the Bills definitely need this game, don't they? It's the yeah, yeah, because they're fighting for the one seed with um, Kansas City. Right. 
Miami needs to stay in the playoffs. I'll, I, yeah, I might change this later in the week, but okay. I'll, I'll I'll go with the I'll go with the Bills. All right, fair enough. We're in another All right, Sunday CBS noon Lions at Jets. Sneaky good game here. This is a pick 'em. Jets. Give really? Jets. Yeah. Why? Not thinking twice about it. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I'm riding the Lions wave. They're playing good football right now. I don't I, trust the Jets. I love the Lions wave. I These teams have both been playing really well. I'm not trusting Jared Goff on the road in December outside against that defensive line. Oh, that's a good point. Just, just can't do it. Sorry. All right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Sunday night. Also a decent game. These two teams tied a couple weeks ago. This is on NBC at 720. Giants at Commanders. Commanders a four and a half point favorite. Man, the Giants are reeling. Yeah, they are. Remember when they were like the story of the NFL? They're five and one, maybe. I mean, big picture, I still think they've had a pretty productive Yo, year. But oh, for sure. For it doesn't sure. feel as good when you kind of fall off the map the way they have. And I think you can compare it to a certain team at a certain, you know, city that also had a regime change and you know you can notice some differences yes um i i, I would take the, i'll take the commanders here coming off a bye i feel like they're just the better team right now yeah i think i i will too even though this they tied a couple weeks ago that was in uh that was in new york and the and Washington had a bye week so they're playing back to back games against the giants the giants had to go get their brains beat in by the eagles Last week, well, at home. So, all right. You're not listening, Chris. Monday night, ESPN, seven fifteen. Rams at Packers. It's amazing how much the Rams have effed up the TV schedules this year. It's an it's an incredible job by them. And the Broncos. Yeah. The Rams have another primetime game coming up, don't they? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, those on Christmas. On Christmas, they play the Broncos. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah hey, well, that's a that's a four. Yeah, it's, it's a, actually a huge game for the Bears. It's a late afternoon game, but it's it's Christmas, so it's going to be a. It's a big yeah. game for the Bears. Don't sleep on that game. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Week 17 for now, it's Rams at Chargers Sunday Night Football. So you could have three weeks in a row in which the Rams are on an island for yeah, the NFL that's... viewing. I'm telling you, they they screwed some things up. But man, no one no one could have thought the Rams would have been this bad. I, I will say this: you're much more interested in watching Baker Mayfield with the Rams. Oh yeah, than you would have been with like Bryce Perkins or John Wolford. This is a sneaky, intriguing game to me. Well, the Packers still have like an outside chance of the playoffs. Yeah. And if you're of the belief that if they don't make the playoffs, Aaron, if uh, once they're eliminated, Aaron Rodgers is going to shut down. You don't know it's going to be another offseason of where's what's he going to do. And there could be a lot at stake for this game. Yeah. I'm going to choose to look more at what the Rams were doing in that game before the two touchdowns were scored <laughs> late. Um. I'm gonna take Aaron Rodgers over Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Green Bay here. I don't feel good about this one. This is a stay away game for me, though. In general, like I don't think you can trust either team. 
if this was like a maybe if you tease this down for the Packers, I'd feel more yeah. comfortable about it. But I don't know. The Packers are a hard team to trust. All right. Cav, thanks for filling in this week. Appreciate it. I might Appreciate be I might be back doing some fill ins next week. Oh, really? We'll see. Okay. So John's is just going game day. He's 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 on a day by day uh schedule right now. So mm. John's is day to day. Fourth fourth baby. Fourth baby. I will uh, happily be um I'm trying to think of a good White Sox utility guy not named Larry Garcia. I'm happy to be. Yolmer Sanchez. Yolmer Sanchez. There you go. Willie Harris. Well, see, that's a better one. Yeah, there you go. Willie Harris. Willie Harris. All right. Uh, thanks for watching on YouTube. Please subscribe. Hit the notifications so we, you know when we go live like we have this week, which was a little bit of a surprise. That's why you should have those notifications set up. Appreciate everybody that, that's been here watching live. For those of you listening to the pod, the old school way, we appreciate you as well and please rate and review the pod thank you so much for listening watching uh reading the athletic theathletic.com slash hogan johns at all chgo.com we'll have plenty of coverage for you coming up sunday bears and eagles you think johns will be back we'll see if he shows up post game we should maybe we should have an, yeah over under what time does he show up to the game there you go inactives 10 30 over under Oh, he, he doesn't come for an active. Yeah. So, uh, unless he does that thing I suggested. Tries to get out of the house. Yeah. Should be a veteran move. Veteran work move, veteran dad move. Yep. All right. We're out of here. We'll talk to you Sunday post game. See ya.